I'm Ashley Smith Thomas, a millennial talking about freedom and national security for America. I'm the founder of Freedoms Fund USA, a nonprofit to protect freedom and national security. I am a speaker, advocate, and thought leader. I spent 2016 saving Christians targeted by ISIS in the Middle East. This was truly an eye-opening and life-changing experience as I watched and learned from my fellow Christians who longed for freedom. It was that experience that became the inspiration to start this show. In this show, come with me as I interview experts about key freedom issues in America and how we can protect freedom. Because if we lose our freedom, how can we bring freedom to the whole world? Let's take action together and let freedom ring. Welcome. My name is Ashley Smith Thomas, and I am the host of Freedom Talks. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. As you know, this show is to educate Americans on key freedom and national security issues that impact our nation. And when I go out and I speak uh, all throughout various parts of the DFW Metroplex, many people have asked me, what can we do to protect freedom? How do we protect freedom in our communities? Well, in order to protect freedom in our community, we need to understand the threat first. So today I want to give you this actual presentation that I've given to many clubs because it has been one of the most requested presentations. And today I'm going to present it to you, and I hope that you find it educational, informative, and empowering you to go take action to protect freedom. So let's get started. So today I want to share with you a critical moment that we are facing as a state and nation. We see the horror that is happening at the Texas-Mexico border right now, the debacle in Afghanistan, the disruption of the economy, the loss of hope in our election process, the mistrust among leaders, division among classes and races, and the removal of free choice when it comes to the COVID vaccination. The stripping of our freedoms and the destruction of America's principles and values is not by accident. The battle is brewing. There is a battle. But it's not between Republicans versus Democrats. It's not between uh, liberals versus conservatives. It is between truth versus deception, good versus evil. It is between freedom versus communism. In 1799, Patrick Henry gave a, a public speech denouncing arguments from the Virginia's and Kentucky's legislature pertaining to states' rights and federal authority. He said, quote, let us trust God and our better judgment to set us right hereafter. United we stand, divided we fall. Let us not split into factions which must destroy that union upon which our existence hangs, end quote. Patrick Henry was an attorney, a politician, and one of America's founding fathers, and he's best known for the quote, give me liberty or give me death. In our society, we see a movement destroying our nation's values, our traditions, and principles. We see them denouncing our heritage and demonizing our founding fathers as they spread lies that America was built on systemic racism. United we stand, divided we fall. Today, I'm here to ensure that we remain united as we stand, speak, and act to counter this blatant assault on America and our freedoms. In the famous words of Diedrich Bonhoeffer, not to act is to act, not to speak is to speak, for, for silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Many times I asked how, how we can defend our communities from socialist and communist ideologies. How do we protect our freedoms in our communities? First, in order to defend our communities, we must understand the threat and the enemy. 
and begin calling things out for what they are. The days of political correctness are over. We must be bold and courageous to speak truth. Scripture says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. May we all be bold as a lion and not afraid to speak up and speak truth, even if it's not popular. Because we are not dealing with a socialist ideology. We are dealing with trained Marxists who are attempting to usher in a complete communist revolution. We are dealing with communism under the banner of socialism, as socialism is merely the transition phase to a complete communist takeover. And don't think for one moment that China is not involved with what is happening in the U.S., but I will save that for a later time. In America, we are seeing the ushering in of communism through various Marxist movements, politicians, the censorship, and the stripping of our First Amendment right, the attack on religious freedom, identity politics, and the communist propaganda in our education system through critical race theory. We see the cancel culture movement suppressing our freedoms of speech, thought, and consciousness as they attack our values, our principles, and traditions as a nation. In July of this year, Democrats and 67 Republicans had voted to remove Confederate statues and busts from the Capitol building. We have a Speaker of the House who is literally ignoring the rule of law as she rushed the For the People Act, which federalizes, their, which federalizes the election process and strips states of their right to enforce their own election integrity and election process. It passed the House and is now in the Senate. Then last week, we saw the horror at the border as 16,000 illegal immigrants crossed over into Del Rio, Texas. Also last week, the U.S. House passed a bill called the Build Back Better Act. Try saying that three times fast, which is a budget that allows amnesty to 11 million undocumented immigrants inside the United States. And really what the Build Back Better Act is, it's, it's a budget bill, but they snuck in the amnesty and they also are saying in the bill that they will create 400,000 jobs for those immigrants. But what about Americans first? What about our veterans who are seeking job opportunities? Or what about the homeless that are in San Francisco or even in Austin, Texas? Why are they not getting a job? Why are jobs not being created for them? A friend of my husband reached out to us a couple weeks ago. He works with the United States government, and he had warned us that there's a movement on Capitol Hill to legitimize and recognize the Taliban, which means that our U.S. taxpayer dollars would be funding the Taliban. Through my organization, Freedoms Fund USA, we had written a letter for those who are interested in contacting their representative, encouraging their representative on Capitol Hill to stop and block all funding and the recognition of the Taliban. Not one penny should be going of our taxpayer dollars should be going to the Taliban. The Taliban is not a government. They are a terrorist organization. This shouldn't even be a partisan political issue. This should be a national security issue. And it's sad to see that, that there are people on Capitol Hill who actually want to legitimize and aid and fund this terrorist organization and it needs to stop. We also see at the same time that we've got politicians on both sides of the aisle who embrace communism and welcome China's influence in America, all the while refusing to hold China accountable for stealing our intellectual property, their failure to report COVID, sending spies into the U.S., and their involvement in Afghanistan and more. This is a threat to our national security, and now, again, we have the U.S. government aggressively moving forward to mandate and force COVID vaccinations by removing the freedom of choice. 
The Marxists are expecting us to sit back, to comply, and be silent and just take it. But what they are underestimating is we, the people who carry the American spirit. In the book Art of War, written by Sun Tzu, a Chinese military strategist and general, said to know your enemy. He stated, quote, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will suffer a defeat. And if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Today, we're going to know the enemy, so we are not defeated. So the question is, what is communism? According to the American Heritage Dictionary, communism is defined as, quote, a system of government in which the state plans and controls the economy and a single, often authoritarian party holds power, claiming to make progress toward a higher social order in which all goods are equally shared by the people. The Marxist-Leninist doctrine advocating revolution to overthrow the capitalist system and establish a dictatorship of the proletariat that will eventually evolve into a perfectly egalitarian and communal society. According to Merriam-Webster, communism was first used in the 19th century and was referred to as, quote, an economic and political theory that advocated the elimination of private property, and the common sharing of all resources among a group of people. In this use, it was often used interchangeably with the word socialism. Today, the word communism usually refers to the political and economic ideologies originating from Karl Marx's theory of revolutionary socialism, which advocates a proletariat overthrow of capitalist structures within society, societal and communal ownership and governance of the means of production, and the eventual establishment of a classless society. Are we not seeing similar trends leading us down this path in America today under the guise of inclusion, equity, and equality? Karl Marx was born in Germany in 1818. He was a revolutionary, a socialist, a political theorist, a historian and economist. He was known for his Communist Manifesto, which was written in 1848 with Frederick Engels. It was his writings that led to the body of thought and beliefs known as Marxism. Marx believed that capitalism was the problem that societies must separate the people based on class and race. Once you divide it, it creates the opportunity for a proletarian to come into the front forefront, which leads to a communist takeover. We saw this with Hitler when he took over and became chancellor over Germany. In 1970, Vladimir Lenin led the Russian Revolution. In the Communist Manifesto, Marx and Engels defined communism as the, quote, the most advanced and resolute section of the working class parties of every country, that section which pushes forward all others, end quote. This thought was instrumental in Lenin's revolution, and according to Britannica, Lenin saw the Communist Party as, quote, highly committed intellectual elite who, one, had scientific understanding and history and society in the light of Marxist principles, two, were committed to ending capitalism and instituting socialism in its place, three, they were bent on forcing through this transition after having achieved political power, and four, 
We're committed to attending this power by any means possible, including violence and revolution if necessary. We see this quickly happening right now in America through the cancel culture movement. It is dangerous for America because it is a select group of people that are stripping the majority of Americans of their First Amendment right. Freedom of speech, thought, expression, and worship. They are telling us how to think, what to think, what to say, what to do, how we're to behave. This is complete control and censorship. Notice that the cancel culture mob is targeting conservatives, Republicans, Christians, Jews, and in some cases, even Democrats, or even those who have opposing views than them. More Americans need to stand up and not cave under the pressure of this movement. Marxists strip us of our shows, our books, our products, and our movies, but then what? Where does it lead us to? It leads us to full communist control of America as the Marxist mob and government must remove our First Amendment and Second Amendment rights. Notice our First Amendment is falling before our eyes as we are censored on social media and by society of what we can and cannot say, think, or do. And then the fact that we have a Speaker of the House on Capitol Hill who is rushing bills so fast that no one has time to read them. The Equality Act, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, For the People Act, which all strip us of our First Amendment right, let alone security. They have to break our identity, our consciousness, and spirit first before they come for our Second Amendment. Mike Gonzalez, a senior scholar at the Heritage Foundation, wrote a book about Marxism and communism in his book called The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free, which this is his book here, and I highly recommend that you get a copy of it. You can get it on Amazon. Very highly academic and very educational because in his book he shares that post-World War I fascist Italy and communist Germany sent philosophers to the Frankfurt School in Germany. This is where many of the Marxist ideologies, including critical theory, was housed. And after World War II, many Germans affiliated with Nazism fled to the United States and even served within our government. These individuals had ties to the Frankfurt School and began teaching in our universities. Marxist ideologies have infiltrated our education system for decades, and now we have a generation that thinks that Marxism and communism is okay and capitalism, living a free, productive life, is bad. And believe it or not, Marxism teachings have actually infiltrated our U.S. military. In addition, we have leaders on Capitol Hill who are working to cancel pronouns. No longer are we allowed to say he, she, her, him, Mother, father, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, or cousin. Apparently, we're not allowed to say those words. At Grace Church School in New York, they told their students to no longer call their parents mom or dad, but to call them folks, guardians, or better yet, grown-ups, all in the sake of inclusiveness. This is all part of the push for communism as one of the goals of communism mentioned in the 45 Communist Goals, which was read into the Congressional Record on January 6, 1963, is to, quote, discredit the family as an institution and, quote, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of the parents. As long as cancel culture continues, it is setting up America for failure as it tears the very fabric of what our founding fathers intended for America, that we would be a free nation and uphold the Constitution of the United States. We are at this point in our history because for too long we have ignored the curriculum our children are being taught in school, let alone who is teaching them. And for too long, 
We have had pastors and religious leaders remain silent as communists have been slowly but surely chipping away at dominating and breaking our Western society. We would not be in a situation if we had bold pastors and religious leaders stand up and be vocal against an ideology that strips and goes against freedom, liberty, let alone scripture. Unfortunately, they bought into the misrepresentation of separation of church and state. America is not like any other country, and we are an exceptional nation, and we should not be ashamed of our history. Rather, we should learn the good, the bad, and the ugly, because only then can we thrive and move forward so that we can achieve a better future. Only then can we continue to preserve the light like a city on a hill. Nations look to the United States as a model of hope and prosperity, and we must do our part to protect freedom and national security. So now the question is, how do we defend our communities? How do we protect freedom here on the home front? President Ronald Reagan once said, how do you tell a communist? Well, it's someone who read Marx and Lenin. And how do you tell an anti-communist? It's someone who understands Marx and Lenin. I'm a firm believer in reading books and documents from our enemies to understand their thought process and why they hate America so much. So the very first step is to know your enemy. That's step number one. Earlier this year, someone handed me the 45 communist goals as read into the congressional record on January 10th, 1963. I have a copy here, and it's been astounding to me of how these goals are read in 1963, but how much they have already been implemented here in the United States of America. These 45 goals are astounding and shocking, and I'm going to read to you some of these goals because I guarantee it's going to sound quite familiar. So goal number 15, capture one or both of the political parties in the U.S. Goal 17, get control of the schools Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda, soften the curriculum, get control of teachers' associations, and put the party line in textbooks. Goal number 21, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Goal number 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Goal number 26, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as, quote, normal, natural, and healthy. Goal 27, infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a, quote, religious crutch. Goal 28, eliminate prayer or any phrase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Goal 29, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations. Goal 30, discredit the American Founding Fathers, present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the, quote, common man. Goal 31, belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the grounds that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Goal 32, support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental institutions, and more. And number 42, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition, 
that students and special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. Are we not seeing this in America today? We cannot accept this. So that leads us into number two. That is for all of us to get involved at the local level. I'm sure many of you have heard this before and are probably sick and tired of hearing about it, especially if you're involved in different political cir uh, circles. But it is so important that in order for us to take back our communities, we must do our part in preserving freedom. So by doing that, that includes running for city council, school board, mayor, judges, precinct chairs, or even volunteering on election day. We must take back our community and stop Marxists from gaining momentum inside our communities. We must protect freedom. Marxists have taken strongholds in our communities because we have failed to stand and fight. They have implemented Sololinsky's rules for radicals, which is community organizing. We need to organize ourselves and show up at city council meetings, school board meetings, and do our part by pushing back and challenging our elected officials. We do not work for them, they work for us. Again, we do not work for them, they work for us. We are the taxpayers paying their salary and they have every right, we have every right to show up at their meetings and ask questions. Which then leads us into the third step, school boards. Start evaluating who's on your school board because their vote and their decisions will impact your child's classroom. Look at what happened in South Lake where the school board tried to bring critical race theory, also known as CRT. If it were not for the parents rising up and pushing back, filing a lawsuit and issuing a FOIA request on the school board meetings, South Lake would be different right now. It took the parents to intervene, stand up, and add pressure. The fight is not over, but they made national news by standing up. And the only way that we can stop CRT and this Marxist teaching from entering our schools is by standing up and saying enough is enough and doing our part to form a network of parents and issue a FOIA request on the school board meeting uh, notes and also the meetings that they have behind closed doors. And it's time for parents to obtain that information and hold the school board accountable because your child matters, your grandchild matters. If the school board tells you that you are crazy and that they are not teaching CRT because that does happen, think again, because let me tell you, those words are masked by cultural competence, inclusion, diversity, equality, or equity. These are the key buzzwords to look for. A couple months ago, I spoke on Fox Radio about the Department of Education actually promoting the guide by the Abolitionist Teachers Network called, quote, The Guide for Racial Justice and Abolitionist Social and Emotional Learning. It was basically a form of critical race theory, and the Biden administration quickly denounced it after that they got caught, but former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, who served under the Trump administration, was vocal against the Department of Education for pushing and promoting critical race theory. The Abolitionist Teachers Network is a group of teachers who are being paid to disrupt, quote, whiteness and push CRT in the education system. They want to push CRT in the classroom, and they have a program called, quote, Activists in Residence, in which they pay professional agitators $30,000 per uh, to work 20 hours per week to lead, quote, abolitionist educational organizing in their respective cities. 
So basically, this is another form of community organizing. Your children are on the front lines of a battle inside the classroom, and Soviet dictator Vladimir Lenin once said, give me just one generation of youth and I will transform the whole world. We are seeing this before our very eyes, and this is why we need parents and grandparents to stand up and push back to protect the future of our children and our grandchildren. Because the communists are not planning on you standing up. For those of you who love freedom, they view you as being too nice and not willing to stand up. Therefore, they're not expecting you to. And this is why you need to fight and do your part and show up at the school board meetings for the future of your child and your grandchild. Which then leads us into the fourth step. We must speak truth and stop being politically correct. Benjamin Franklin once said, quote, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. He also said, quote, freedom of speech is a principal pillar of a free government. And when this support is taken away, the constitution of a free society is dissolved and tyranny is erected upon its ruins, end quote. We got into this position as a nation because many Americans didn't want to speak truth and they were afraid to be called racist, Islamophobe, xenophobe, etc. Therefore, we shut our mouths, we didn't push back, we sat in silence and accepted the correctness. Therefore, now, if we, if we call out CRT, BLM, Antifa, cancel culture, again, we're still being labeled as racist. The insanity needs to stop. And it stops when we start speaking truth. Be bold and speak truth. Scripture says that we are to be bold as lions. And in doing that, that also means us standing up for truth and righteousness. Because it doesn't matter what people say about you. What matters is what God says about you. We don't live for the audience of people, but we live for the audience of one. And what should matter is us living a life of righteousness and constantly speaking and seeking truth. We need to say enough is enough, not on my watch, because the time is now for us to take action, be bold, claim back our community and our state and our nation as being a nation that is one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Which then that leads me right into my fifth step. It's time that we bring faith back into our community. We have allowed the Marxists and, and communist sympathizers to remove God from every facet of, of society. We saw them shut down churches last year and suppress our right to the freedom of worship. Our First Amendment right was violated, and yet it was shocking to see how many pastors remained silent and complied to the government overreaching their right to remain open and exercise their First Amendment right of worship. The only thing protecting America right now is people of faith and their prayers. However, the danger comes when we have a government that believes that they are God and that they will dictate to you how you will live. A communist government says that the government will meet your needs, that they will take care of you, they will tell you what you will become, they will tell you to worship them, for you can have no other God. President Reagan once said, quote, the most terrifying words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. 
In 2016, I was the project manager over a private fund to rescue and resettle persecuted Christians that were targeted by ISIS there in the Middle East and, and during the, just the horrific things that had occurred back in 2015 and 2016. And when I met families and had actually heard their stories, it was heartbreaking to hear how many of them stared evil face to face. These families lost everything, including loved ones, because they had actually refused to renounce their faith in Jesus Christ, even though they were met by the sword. I want to live my life with that kind of bold faith. And people in America don't realize how blessed we are to practice our faith and to have freedom to worship God without fear of retribution. I can't tell you how many people across the globe long to have that freedom to worship God without fear. But here in America, we take it so oh so for granted. I heard from Christians and pastors. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Oh, that only happens there. That will never happen here. Well, let me tell you, it's here and it's happening. And it's not to the extreme that we're seeing in the Middle East yet, but the groundwork has already been laid right now. And Christians and other religious individuals need to open up their eyes and see what is taking place, especially pastors and rabbis. They need to open up their eyes and see that the religious persecution is here and it would only gain momentum if they remain silent. Therefore, we can't remain silent. We need to stand up for freedom, let alone religious freedom, and bring God unashamedly back into our community. It was interesting because last fall, my husband and I were at an antique store there in McKinney, Texas. And as we were walking around, I happened to look down and saw this little red book. And it totally caught my attention because it was misplaced, not where it was supposed to be. And the title caught my eye, The Communist Interpretation of Peace. So this here was written by Dr. Fred Schwartz. This book is the speech that he delivered in the Congressional Dining Hall on February 27, 1953. He was invited by Reverend Billy Graham to speak before congressional leaders. Dr. Schwartz was from Brisbane, Australia, and performed his medical practice, general and psychiatry in Sydney, Australia. Dr. Schwartz was also a preacher who saw the rise of communism infiltrating universities. He began to study the thought process and movement of communism and went on world tours to bring awareness and expose the communist movement that posed a threat to society. There are four statements that are revealing as we are seeing this today in America. And these four statements that he mentioned in his speech are just so timely. He said, quote, there is an operation today, a campaign of scientific intensity and intelligent efficiency to convert the entire younger generation into a unified fanatical mass, living for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to sacrifice their lives to destroy what they consider to be the most evil and vile thing on earth, namely your country, America. He also said, quote, communists are utterly convinced that they are ordained to rule the world. He said, quote, the communists are utterly dedicated to peace. And when they say they stand for peace, they can say it with the utmost sincerity because peace, according to their system of thought and definition, is total communist victory. And lastly, he said, quote, there's nothing so urgent in the practical realm as this, that we must return to God of our fathers and this conflict we are outnumbered. The leadership of the enemy is vastly better informed, integrated, and clear-sighted than our own. They are rapidly overhauling our material advantages in production. The only asset we have to counterbalance this is in our God. 
Communism is dedicated to godlessness, and we must oppose this dedicated godlessness and bring to our God, our Christ, the faith, fervor, and passion. Only then will the free world be saved. End quote. On January 5th, 1967, Ronald Reagan gave his, inaugura- his inaugural speech as governor of California. He said, quote, perhaps you and I have lived too long with this miracle to properly appreciate, to be appreciative. Freedom is a fragile thing and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not by ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation for it comes only once to a people. And those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again, end quote. Friends, the time is now for us to stand up and protect freedom. It is time for us to stand for righteousness, speak truth, and protect freedom. So as I conclude here, I know that this message is heavy And I know that, but sometimes the truth, we need to know the reality of what is going on. However, I want to encourage you that there is hope because I truly believe that we are here for such a time as this, that this is our moment for us to be uh, fighting for freedom and doing our part to protect America for future generations. Psalm 27, uh, verse, verse 1 and 3 says, quote, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. That is a scripture that we can stand on and have hope. That we don't need to fear because if God be for us, who dare be against us? For we know that he will make all things work together for our good. And we know that we are here for such a time as this. And what an exciting time for us to be alive and to be a part of the story of saving America and our freedoms. Because I do believe that united we stand. If we don't give in, we don't give out, we don't give up because I believe that we will be victorious. There are, free, there are four steps that I believe that we can take in order to push back this darkness immediately. And these four steps have the acronym of FREE, F-R-E-E. So we're gonna start with F, which means faith. While it may appear hopeless right now, faith is important to have, and we must continue to pray for our communities, for our state, the local government, state government, and even the national. I believe that God will intervene and protect America as long as we don't give up and we continue to pray that he will intervene and touch our nation and heal our land because I believe that he is faithful and merciful to do so. President Ronald Reagan once said, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Well, it's time for us to be unafraid and to just continue to pray for our nation and pray that eyes will be open, ears will be open to hear and see the truth. Number two, R, which is for responsibility. We have a responsibility to inform our family and friends the true meaning of communism and what is happening in America. We have a responsibility to also encourage them to research and critically think for themselves in regards to the communist movements that are taking place. It's time for Americans to be awakened to what is happening, and we must continue speaking truth. And then we have E, educate. I encourage you to equip your family and your friends with the pocketbook constitution. It's time Americans know and understand their constitutional rights as we have Marxists trying to strip us of our freedoms, including those on Capitol Hill. You can subscribe to my organization's email list and you can visit our website 
at freedomsfundusa.org. That's freedomsfundusa.org to sign up, to get our emails, to stay up to date with what is going on. And also by subscribing and supporting Freedoms Fund USA, you will have access to our Freedom News where we will be releasing articles on key freedom and national security uh, issues so you can stay informed and engaged. And then lastly, E, which also means engage. You and I have a responsibility to protect freedom and national security. The government was designed to protect and secure Americans, but the government has failed the American people greatly. Therefore, we must do our part by getting engaged at the local and state level. This is, Again, this is not about Republicans versus Democrats, conservatives versus liberal. This is truly about freedom. This is a freedom issue. This is an American issue, regardless of our political beliefs. So in closing, I want to challenge you with this. Pre-World War II, Adolf Hitler was eyeing to invade Czechoslovakia and make the country part of Germany. I believe that he was pushing to see how far he can go without getting any pushback. Britain's Prime Minister, Neville Chamberlain, he did not want war, even though Winston Churchill warned of Germany's progressive advancements. Chamberlain did not listen. He signed an agreement with Hitler in hopes to keep peace and no war. Before the ink was even dry, Hitler violated the agreement and invaded Czechoslovakia. Churchill was the lone voice in the wilderness who was not afraid to call out what he saw, and he tried to wake up nations of the enemy threat that was quickly approaching. He was truly a watchman. Many nations refused to listen to Churchill until finally they saw the enemy and World War II begun. If Churchill would have remained silent, Hitler would have obtained even more mass territory to occupy, and he would have controlled all of Europe. But if Chamberlain would have listened to Churchill in the first place, rather than being quick to enter into peace with the enemy, the outcomes would have been different, and perhaps many lives would not have been lost during World War II. So my question to you is, as the enemy line is drawing closer are you going to be a Chamberlain or are you going to be a Churchill? If you would like to send a letter to your representative to block Congress from legitimizing, recognizing, and funding the Taliban, or if you would like a copy of the 45 communist goals that were read into Congress on January 10th, 1963, or if you'd even just like a list of Bible verses that we're standing on that gives hope, then you can contact us at info at freedomsfundusa.org. We will give you a the documents that you need. And again, that is info at freedomsfundusa.org. And then more importantly, we would like to thank Vibrant Health MD who made this episode possible. Vibrant Health MD is a health and wellness practice that helps you live a healthy life so you can live your best life. You can visit Vibrant Health MD, Health MD at vibranthealthmd.com to learn more about them and their holistic natural approaches. Again, thank you so much for taking time to hear this message today. I just want to leave you inspired and ready to take action to protect freedom because truly we are living in a great time. We are here for such a time as this. Let us continue to stand for righteousness, speak truth, and protect freedom because hope is not lost. Let us take action and do this together. Thank you and God bless.